Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today I want to talk about the situation of those people who may have not have had the best undergraduate score, the best careers after their undergraduate degree, or the most inspiring track record prior to their MBA. Realizing this, they've obviously worked very hard, studied extremely well for their GMAT, and got into a good school like Booth and Harvard and so on, and amongst the best. But for some reason, their resume is just not working. Either consulting firms are not contacting them for dinners, or they're not able to land interviews. And in the cases where they do land interviews, they are not able to impress the interviewer too well based on their resume. And we'll talk about the problem because it's a lot more common than most people would realize. And there's a couple of things you need to understand about the problem. And I'm going to start by explaining the context and working into how to fix this problem. And I'm going to state up front, it is a difficult problem to fix. It's not something that can be done in a week or two weeks or even getting someone to write your resume. This is not about rewriting your resume. So I want you to understand that up front when you listen to this podcast. This is not a situation of a resume needing more panel beating in terms of the way it is written. This is an issue of the content and how to fix that. So the context here is whereby even though you've gotten into an outstanding university, for whatever reason, your resume before you got into the business school was not that good. And actually, the reason you worked so hard on your GMAT and worked so hard to get into a top school is because you knew this. You knew your career prior to your MBA was pretty weak, and you thought you could change this by going to a great school, but it's not working. Well, you must understand that consulting firms are indeed looking for a track record of success. They are looking for someone who did well at high school. They're then looking for someone who went to a good university, undergraduate, and did well all around them. Someone who did well academically, was involved in leadership positions and sporting endeavors, and lived a very balanced lifestyle. From there, they're looking for someone who joined a prestigious or a reputable organization in a role of responsibility, did well, and then from there went on to do well by joining a top MBA program. Now, the key thing here is a track record, consistent success. They want to see someone who's made the right decisions throughout their lives. And moreover, they want to see someone who's been successful and has a track record of success. They want to see someone where consistently they have done well despite the odds and in a variety of endeavors beyond academics. That's the key thing here. It's a track record of success and across a variety of endeavors. What they're trying to do is reward someone for this consistency because, trust me, it's a lot harder to be successful from the time you're 17 all the way until you're about 27 and you end up at Columbia or one of the other major business schools. If you have a weak record prior to business school, you can get into good MBA programs. There are a lot of people who do that. However, very few of those people make it into the major consulting firms because they lack that track record and they are unaware that they lack that track record. Just because you end up at MBA program does not mean you have a resume that reads as if it should be at a major consulting firm. 
There are a couple of things you can do to, I think, overcome this problem. But it's not something that you can do in two weeks and then you can say, I've done it. It's not about rewriting your resume. You have to build activities to show you have the skills to multitask and the skills to be responsible and the skills to adapt yourself to multiple environments. For example, going to a good MBA program and joining one of the journals or starting your own business review or starting a publication, a prestigious publication. Difficult to do. There are people we've known who've done it. Going to university and starting a club, a pro bono project, and leading it to greatness. It's not enough just to start something. It's important that you build something successful out of this. Now, I remember very, very clearly speaking to ethnic candidate who got into Kellogg. And I was speaking to her and I told her, look, your resume is very good but not great. If I look at your background, you've done okay, but you don't strike me as someone who's actually stood out. And my feeling is that you have to do something at Kellogg to show that you are an exceptional candidate. And I recommended that why don't you start a business or start a publication, I don't know, whatever interests you. To be honest, she was a bit shocked by my recommendation and my advice and thought that she didn't need it. The point is, it comes down to the profile of your resume. I mean, many candidates have never worked really hard, to be fair, throughout their undergraduate and early work experience. And then they expect to go to an MBA program and just turn everything around. It doesn't matter which MBA program you go to. It is one of the rare candidates who lacks that track record, ends up at a good program and ends up building a good career for themselves in consulting. So you must understand, at university, at the MBA program, there are a couple of things the firms are looking at. Firstly, grades are important. You, know, you have to do well. Secondly, you have to have a life beyond studies. You have to be part of some athletic organization or part of some club, preferably in a leadership role. The last thing I want to see is someone who, at the top of the resume, puts in that they were vice president or spokesperson for a club. We're not interested in vice presidents or spokespeople. We're interested in leaders. We're interested in club presidents. More importantly, people who took a club and built something amazing out of it. I mean, whenever someone says they were the president of a club at a university, I always ask them, so what did you do? What did you do that was different from what the club did last year? What did you do that is different from what other clubs are doing? And by now, I've realized, and I think every other partner knows that people do these things, make themselves club presidents so they can put it on their resumes. It's not important that you're a club president. It's the type of club president you wear that counts. And when you look at resumes, or when I look at resumes, I kind of break it down into the following years. Formatting. A poorly formatted resume, just I wouldn't even look at it. I would look at this and say it's not interesting and I'll discard it. Even if the content was there but just not presented in the right way. Formatting is important. Format your resumes correctly. If you cannot get a good format, then you can find it at some of the top business schools. You have to write in a technically correct way. It amazes me how many people write incorrectly. For example, I am not interested, and neither is any of the major consulting firms, about someone who lists all the things they did by working at, say, General Electric or Sears or wherever it was. We're more interested in what they accomplished through those activities. But many people put down a laundry list of what they did, not what they accomplished. Beyond that, the wording is pretty atrocious. I mean, some people would say selected for scholarship in final year for full tuition. Why don't you just say awarded full scholarship? The choice of words you choose is what frames the image you create with the recruiter or the person screening your resume. 
The word awarded jumps out. Selected for is just a strange way of saying awarded. It's a verbose way of speaking. Say exactly what you want to say and say it directly. That's one side of being technically correct. The other side is obviously not making grammatical errors and so on. The other side is obviously the structure of your achievements. You always need to put in your context for every bullet. Write down your context. What is the background to why you did this initiative? What it is that you specifically did? Now, what your team did, not what a group did or a unit did, what did you specifically and what are the results of what you specifically did? You'd be surprised how many people don't do that. Beyond the formatting and the technical aspects of your resume, we also look for achievements. And achievements, it has to be a track record of achievements. You cannot simply come in and say that you're now ready to change your life because you've got into a good business school. Your undergraduate GPA counts for a lot. I know very few people. In fact, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who got in with a really low GPA. Yes, people have got in with very low GMAT scores into the top firms, but a low GPA is almost certainly a debt now. You know, people always worry about their GMAT scores when they apply to MBA programs. Well, when you apply to a consulting firm, the GPA has the same impact. People look at your GPA. You cannot avoid it. A low GPA will come out. If you ignore it on your resume, people will ask why you ignore it. If you downplay it, it cannot be downplayed. It is the way consulting firms build your profile, your GPA sits at the core of that, both for the MBA program and for your undergraduate program. And finally, level of achievement is important. I mean, do not fall into the trap of comparing your resume to what you wrote two to three months ago. I think I've made this, mentioned this in a previous podcast. You've got to look at the competition you have and compare your resume to them. Your achievements should be impressive when compared against that group of individuals. And this is why many people end up at fantastic business schools but just cannot get into the great firms. It's not because they weren't good at business school. It's because they ignored the previous four to five years. And to be honest, when you turn 18, I think in some countries you can vote. 21, you can have alcohol in some places. I think vote in other countries. You're an adult. The decisions you make at a young age count. If you want to get into a consulting firm, plan early, have a track record of success. Nothing worries me more than seeing someone who did well at an MBA program or got into a good school, but just has a mediocre resume in every other respect. I do want to see strong GPAs, as recruiters want to see strong GPAs. The key thing here, and I just want to summarize this clearly so that people understand this and don't write back and say, so what do we do? If you don't have that track record of success, it's obviously not impossible, but you have to be a special individual. You've got to ask yourself, do you have what it takes to overcome that gap in the interview and to prove you can overcome that gap? I would say very few people can. As I said, a low GP, and I'm talking low, 3.0 and so on, out of 4.0 is not going to help you. GPA is around 3.3, 3.4, okay. 3.5 and above is good. Below that, you're in no man's land, a gray area which is not defined because no one even looks at it. So if you fit in that gap, you're in a really bad area. Your resume has to be strong from the time of high school till the time you get into an MBA program. It's not enough to have just have woken up and decided that you want to change your life in an MBA program. The world doesn't work that way. It's a harsh reality. You can do things to rehabilitate your profile in terms of the way you word your resume, in terms of the way you structure your resume, but 
obviously don't lie. Wordsmithing can only get you so far. The key thing is that if you do want to make a difference, you can do more in your MBA program, but it means more than just doing well on your MBA program. Start an important club, start a journal, all those things count. I have hired people who have had weaker GPAs below 3.3, not much below, but below 3.3, but they showed extraordinary intellect in the MBA programs. So just remember that when you structure and you write your resume, don't spend all that money of rewriting a resume when it doesn't have the necessary substance to get it into the interviewer's hands. You have to have a resume that is worth to be rewritten. That's the key thing. Do you have the content and can you make it fly? And you know if it can work. I mean, if there's doubts in your mind, ask someone for feedback, but don't go out and spend a lot of money. First decide you have the content and then you decide to panel beat it, not the other way around. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to write to us. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.